0: I know I slept in, um, I've been sleeping in
1: really late, lately. I just need to sleep all the time.
0: Yeah. That's kind of part of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Are you just like letting yourself sleep?
0: Yeah. I'm, um, like kind of working part time right now, yeah. barely even that. Uh, mm-hmm. so I'm just trying to listen to my body. It's weird. Fatigue isn't exactly a symptom of mouths or malls. Malls, moles. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But you can have comorbidities that are like different illnesses that cause fatigue. Yeah. Or it could just be the stress that my body is dealing with, with having a chronic illness and exactly. dealing with like all the financial and medical and everything. Yeah. So either way, I'm just trying to listen to my body and sleep. And let it do whatever Whenever I want yeah. to
1: sleep. I did that coming back from grad school after London. I just was like, you know, I'm just not going to have alarms. I'm just yeah. going to let myself do what it needs to do. I have an alarm
0: for noon, usually. I'm oh, like, okay, by 12, I'll wake yeah. up.
1: Yeah. And then I can, I'll take a nap, usually. Yeah, yeah. In the middle of the afternoon. Um, Yeah, so I was like, I, I'm i gonna let myself do that. And now I'm finally yeah. back. Like, it's been half a year, and just now I've started to start waking up, like, 8.39. Yeah. Like, more. But it took that long to get kind of back to, and I still will get really tired yeah. In the day and still really.
0: If I don't listen to my body and, and sleep, then it's just pointless because I'm so tired that I can't, I'm not functioning. Yeah. So if I just let myself sleep, then I'll have like these spurts of energy where I can get actual work done. Yeah. But if I don't sleep, then I'm trying to do like the minimal part-time work that I do. Yeah. And I'm like cannot focus. I can't um, mm-hmm. do it because I'm so tired.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Miles. Miles malls malls. Yeah. Well, that was a different intro. I don't yeah. know, if we'll, maybe <laughs> I'll <laughs> maybe man, I, conversation. I was like maybe I'll splice that at like a different point. I probably won't. It'll probably just yeah. be there. We'll see. You uh, can start from the beginning if you want. Yeah, well,
0: let's just we go can to start it. <laughs> <over>. <laughs>
1: Um hello. Hello. <laughs> and welcome to this week's episode of Brain Fart. I have a very special guest this week. I'm very excited to have her on. She is lovely, wonderful, an actress who has been doing short film work recently, a bit, a bit, bit. (laughs) Um, and but most recently has started doing an autobiographical autobi. What? Yeah. Do I not know that word? Um, Film, short film about her invisible illness, which we'll get into. So, hello, welcome to the lovely Jeanette. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming to sit in my living room with me. It's so comfy. Yeah. Well, it's nice because I actually, she's actually here.
0: Yeah, which adds a whole other level of Mm -hmm. sort of anxiety, although I'm not as anxious as I thought I would be, but it's weird adjusting to seeing people without masks and going into spaces and like readjusting what inappropriate bubble is yes yeah you know?
1: and just taking yeah. those precautions but also kind of allowing relaxing yeah a little yeah. bit it's very very strange there is this kind of um hesitation i think when i see people or yeah. i see people without a mask my brain does like a little alarm or yeah. i want to hug people but it is this jolt back it feels before like asking. you're doing something illegal or disrespectful yes. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah but also like an interesting exercise and consent
0: I feel like I know I cause it's maybe for the better like sometimes I'm in a line and I'm like I don't really know if I'm too close or too far away from yeah. people but then I'm like maybe I should be thinking about that I should be thinking
1: about respecting people's boundaries yeah so yeah. I think that's also I just had that thought well hi welcome I'm I'm <laughs> glad you're here and I'm glad we're talking yeah. we have a lot to talk about I there's think there's so much there's I know. A, a lot, lot. like five hours and people would love it probably maybe yeah
0: (laughs) hopefully well so I've I don't know I I guess it'd be I've talked to Maddie a lot about my um weird chronic illness because she has experience with it and you were one of the people who like encouraged me to start pursuing it when the symptoms showed up four years ago Mm. when everyone was like "Mm, it's IBS like irritable bowel syndrome it's nothing you're probably just stressed Mm. uh and now in retrospect, like it that it was Mal's four years ago yeah. the pain I was experiencing. Yeah. So which is you. also yeah. so
1: fun. Well, of course. <laughs> it's also so funny that people I don't know. I feel like people have such distorted views of what I feel like they hear common terms like IBS or something, and they're like, oh, it's just that, or it's oh, it's whatever. But I'm like, that is still
0: I know. Uh, yeah. Like someone I it's I, still something. Yeah, and IBS something. isn't an actual Illness. It's just saying like irritable bowel syndrome. Like your stomach hurts yeah. all the time. It's yeah. not saying like oh this is the cause of it. It's just saying we don't know what the cause is, so we're so just going to say gonna like yeah your stomach hurts. Give a
1: broad term yeah. for it, which happens a lot. But then yeah, then you have to start getting into the nitty gritty when things aren't helping. And yeah, when nothing kind of...
0: works, which is yeah, I guess I, I could tell the
1: yeah. story. So yeah, my my first mm-hmm. question was going to be what what is your invisible illness and kind of walk us through the journey. I know you just said four years, which is,
0: but kind of, yeah. So it gets complicated. So it's called median arcuate ligament syndrome. It's a really rare chronic illness, but it's, I I don't know. It's definitely an invisible illness, Yeah. but but there is a cure. If you catch it in time, it works for most people, which is to get this um, surgery. So, what the, like, I don't even know what to call it because some people would call it an autoimmune disease, but it's not really an autoimmune disease. Yeah. So that's weird. I don't even know, like, what it is. What but it is, yeah. It is your um, median arcuate ligament, which is the bottom of your diaphragm. Okay. It sits too low in your body and it, like, crushes your uh, celiac artery. mm which is why it's known as celiac artery compression syndrome or median arcuate ligament syndrome because your median arcuate ligament is the thing that's sitting on your artery. Yeah. So the cure is to cure, well, a surgery that can yeah. usually fix it mm-hmm. for most people is to cut back your um, median arcuate ligament. Uh, you have to take it off of your diaphragm, and it attaches to your spine, so you remove that whole thing. And then... and uh, it's like um there's a lot of controversy with it in the medical community, but the surgery that I'm going to be getting removes the like damaged nerves in your on okay. um, kind of around that celiac plexus, the nerves are damaged. You don't remove all the nerves, but you remove the damaged ones and then they have to like after the surgery, grow, grow and regenerate. And then this time the median arcuate ligament isn't going to be crushing, crushing it anymore. Mm-hmm. So then the nerves won't be damaged anymore, hopefully, and you won't have symptoms. Yeah, The symptoms are, again, different for everybody. So I can
1: only talk from yes. my experience. Yes. This, is not, <laughs> this is
0: not medical I, like,
1: advice. I say that all the time yes. on this podcast because it is very personal There's, to your experience and yes. what you are feeling, but give us a little, give us a little insight
0: on for what me, yours is. Yeah. What is me, Jeanette's? It's, um, it shows up as a sort of stomach pain right in your sternum, right below where your rib cage kind of attaches. Yeah. Um, I kind of describe the pain as almost like when you're feeling so, so hungry that your stomach hurts, mm. but it's times 50. Yeah. Um, and it happens when you eat, you're not hungry. You you just ate and, um, eating food normally causes the pain. I get, I I mean, again, they don't really know why, but I guess because your stomach expands. So then that median arcuate ligament is compressing that artery even more. Yeah. But the weird thing is that, um, you have, it's one of three major arteries. It's like the first group of arteries that come off of your heart. On your aorta, so yeah. some people think that mouths or malls. We don't know. How, I don't know how it's <laughs> I, I don't know pronounced because I've only ever read things yeah, about it. Same yeah. here. Uh, also known as cacs or cocks, I guess, but I'm gonna say males. Um It. Some people think it's a blood flow issue, and some people think it's a nerve damage issue. Okay. And some people think that it's. Both, or could be either one. Yeah. Um, so the blood flow idea is because that artery is being compressed, yeah. then you're not getting regular blood flow to your stomach, uh, and that's what causes the pain. But some doctors don't believe that that's a thing because you still have two other vessels that are pumping blood to your stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly am not sure where I stand on that. Um, the nerve damage thing makes a lot of sense. So for me, I think it for sure is a nerve damage thing Yeah, and maybe it's a blood flow thing as well. Um, so the surgery that I'm getting removes the nerves, right? Yeah. But then there are other surgeries after you get that surgery. If you're still in pain, then they can try and open up the artery. Yeah. So what sometimes happens is when you remove the median arcuate ligament and adjust your um, anatomy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then the artery, it's not being compressed anymore, but it can't hold itself up. I'm like using a lot of hand gestures. I know. I, you really <laughs> have to visualize it. It's so yeah, hard to yeah. just explain with words. Um, it can't hold itself up anymore. So then they like place a stent in gonna it or, some, or a, do a bypass a yeah, or something yeah. like that to try and keep it open. And that does help some people with pain. So I'm yeah. like, I don't know if it helps them with pain, then it then it must be true. It must be a blood flow issue. Um, but because it's so like, there are so many moving parts, um, it's really hard to diagnose Mm -hmm. and to notice what the symptoms are because they sound like a lot of symptoms for other things. Uh, Yes. So it's, (laughs) what do they call this where you have to eliminate everything else before you even consider
1: diagnosing it there's like a word for it oh i don't know i just consider it eliminating everything else <laughs> until you <laughs> yeah. so that's what you have to do and like yeah. they will
0: not give you a diagnosis unless you've eliminated like unless every you go other possibility all of these. which is weird too because then the regular tests that you'd be getting everyone's like no you're healthy your blood yeah. work is perfectly normal you look normal you're just like your stomach hurts but you are healthy medically um but then when i was in my process of getting diagnosed i wanted the tests to come back normal because i already knew i had it yeah. and so i wanted like it was weird you it, no
1: absolutely it's this yeah. weird <laughs> wanting of <laughs> like
0: bad no- like good and bad yeah, news yeah at, it's this yeah.
1: weird this weird line of okay i know that if this comes back and it's bad i'm almost going to be Ha- like or if it's in your case good to lead up to the bad news and then getting yes. the bad news it's almost this relief. Yeah, of- I was
0: relieved. Yeah. And then I knew that I had it for a long time but um okay, so there's more to getting a diagnosis. So yeah. you again it's different for every doctor cuz a lot of doctors think of it differently but the doctor that I'm going to um he likes to do what There's a step before this too, an ultrasound, um, a cat scan with contrast so that you can see the anatomy and he will, some doctors just look to see if there's like a hook, um, of your celiac artery and that shows that it's being compressed yeah but then some doctors even if there is no hook they'll see where the diaphragm is sitting and if the diaphragm's sitting low and you have these symptoms of like stomach pain not being able to eat yeah for multiple months or years or however long um then they'll they'll be like okay well it probably is mouths uh and then you can do a celiac plexus nerve block which i did and they it's kind of like two epidurals kind of being shot up your
1: spine. Did they... Was it like an epidural where they shoot it into your spine?
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, On either side of your spine. Oh, interesting. And they shoot it literally into the nerve, the celiac plexus nerve, which is like kind of towards your back, kind of in the middle of your... Kind of underneath there. Yeah, yeah. in the middle of your back. Um, And if you have symptom relief for... A few hours after that, then it's a good indicator that surgery will probably be successful for you because if you are gonna remove those damaged nerves and those were the things that were causing your pain, then I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. So did you? So you felt that? Yeah, I felt that relief, which was both. I was able to eat so much food, like, and I ate all the trigger foods that I knew make my stomach hurt. Mm -hmm. I had like. Pizza and uh, three Chipotle tacos and oh, chips and queso, yeah. wine and
1: coffee. Oh, and it's wow. it was glorious. You're like, this is yeah. the greatest. Yes. Well, I that seems that sounds really similar to when I had my first spinal tap, and it was, I I didn't I didn't know as much um, information as i think you did going into cuz i feel like you yeah. i read so yeah, much about and i just it. didn't even cuz mine happened very quickly it like deteriorated yeah. very quickly and i was not in my right state of mind because of it um, Yeah. but i remember having the spinal tap and feeling so much relief all yes. of a sudden when the fluid was drained and i remember feeling crazy yeah, after it happened, because I was like, "Am I? Did I just make all this up?" I know did you're I like, just... <laughs> "I don't know if it's in my head." And for you, it like it is actually yeah, in your it's head, actually in too. My head. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was this horrible. I remember looking at my mom. I was like, "I think I'm crazy," and they were like, "No, the fact that you felt so much relief shows you shows how much that pain you, you were had, in. and shows that that was what was causing it." Yeah. So I think it's interesting these. These ways that they are... T- <laughs> uh, sort of similar. Yeah, yeah. and testing. Just the experience, and, mm-hmm.
0: which is kind of what is making me want to make a film about it, yeah. um, which I'm sort of writing and developing right now. I won't be able to shoot it until after I recover, which we'll get into. That's going to be a yeah, long process. Yeah, I do want to know a bit about um, that. But even though Mal's is so specific and my version of Mal, like it's so, my story does not happen. You don't get a diagnosis this quickly. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it'll be relatable to anybody with an invisible illness or any caretakers of people with invisible illnesses. Absolutely. Which I just don't think it's talked about that much. I've seen some movies. I've kind of been keeping my eye out and trying to watch them. Yeah. That cover like it, yeah it kind of shows what it's like but it's not like getting inside the person's head and I kind of want to show that side of it as like all the mental gymnastics that you have to do yeah which and it does make you feel really crazy and isolated even though you're surrounded with a lot of support but yeah also
1: and I not, I mean I talk about that all the time on this podcast like I yeah. have episodes dedicated to it and it's not just one episode it's Honestly, it's whenever I'm like having a really tough time with it. Yeah. I think recently I just did one where I talked about my kind of mental state, but it's because it's yeah. not, I mean, just because like I have the diagnosis or that we have this diagnosis and we have more answers and we have paths and like a little bit more of a trajectory towards feeling better. There's still, yeah. it still is in there and it still lives in there. And yes. that experience lives in there and it's like become ingrained in me, this, what, what I had to go through to get there and it doesn't yeah. define me and it doesn't define us, but it does like shift things a bit. And, and it...
0: for me, it, I'm uh, like, ugh, I'm not thankful for it. You know, that's kind of weird, but I am thankful for the perspective that it's given me. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm actually, I'm becoming a more, um, considerate person across the board oh, to other yeah. people because you never know what other people are dealing with. You, you do know. know. Mm-hmm. So I think I was already pretty kind in general to
1: people but oh, it's just I like, would say so <laughs>
0: <laughs> It is has upped it though my empathy has just been completely I don't know yeah it like, is a it is a workout level. in empathy yes. for sure and yeah and patience really. and patience Oof. and patience with myself and that's oh, been the big one it's not just empathy for, for other too. people which was generally pretty easy for me but empathy and patience for myself, which has not been easy. I think you've talked yeah, about this for you, yourself. You said it podcast. so beautifully just
1: now. It really is like empathy and patience for us. even yesterday. I didn't finish that sentence. Dang it! <laughs> Something else I'm working on is finishing my sentences because I will yes. cut off. Yeah, I have in like five middle. thoughts that I yeah. actually
0: want to go back to. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I like
1: I'll, I'll cut myself off mid sentence and start a new one. And I'm like, Maddie, come on,
0: yeah. <sighs> I always follow it though, um, but now I don't remember. Um, yeah, let's um, see empathy and patience
1: about. for yourself. And oh yeah, yeah. Even yesterday, I had I was having a bad brain day, and I was supposed to go into the city for rehearsal for um, a show I'm doing, and it was we were doing a stumble through because we open in a couple weeks, and it was the first time the cast could was getting could get together, and a lot of people had to move around schedules to get it done, and because you know how crazy yeah. things get,
0: yeah. and.
1: Everyone was supposed to be there, and I ended up having a bad brain day and not feel, And I I walked to I was walking to the train station, and I was halfway there before I turned back around because I was like I, I was in full sweat. My head was pounding. I yes. my vision started to go, and I was like I can't, be in the city, with the possibility of of brain episode like on my doorstep, yeah. and so I turned around, but. Coming home, I was just beating myself up, and I was crying, and of course, I wasn't feeling great, so that didn't help, but I was so upset at myself because I felt like I was letting all these people down, and I started doing all of that spiraling of how am I going to be in this business if this is happening, and who's going to
0: want to work with me yeah who's and, gonna want to work yeah. with
1: me if like everyone Flaky. has to get me yeah and this business is
0: so like you show up early you respect everyone else's schedules yeah. you and of course and you do of course you do but but if it's you can't, that's okay exactly too. and people need to be patient with that I hope yeah. they were no they were very they were
1: very nice I yeah. it was truly all self-imposed because they were yes. very Kind and they were like, no, you can't control this. That's no problem. Do you want us to get you an understudy to make you feel comfortable? Like, yeah, which would that make you feel more comfortable? Would that make you
0: feel more threatened? That's if it were me.
1: I (laughs) I definitely had that thought. I was like, oh no, it's. it's, (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's because that's happened in a show though where. They initially introduced an understudy for me. And this was right after I was diagnosed. It was a very different time, very yeah. different people. Um, But they introduced an understudy. And then they were like, don't worry, don't worry. It's just for precautions. Um, And then that person ended up taking uh, over my role when they let me go from the project. And that was, I've talked about that on this podcast before. Yeah. That was a really... Dare I say, traumatic experience? Yeah. Um. But that was that's funny because yesterday when she asked me, which I knew was only out of the goodness of her heart, um, yeah, I had a moment of yes, oh, which is actually just me. your own exactly that's your own head,
0: and that is again just being too hard on yourself. Because yeah. Even if you did have to use the understudy, if they did have to replace you. Like that doesn't make you a bad artist. Yeah. That doesn't make you incompetent or unable to be in this industry. That just means this time you had to like give yourself. A break not that Give you are doing yeah. that but if you did yeah it would be okay for me uh, that's what I'm learning where I, I need I, it's okay to be slow and mm-hmm. I think I'm in an even weirder position not than you but um than what this would be if it were just normal times but yeah. I had COVID so I graduated into COVID and I was really depressed and really anxious mm-hmm. I, I did not want to do the industry. I didn't want to do Zoom shows. I was impressed by anyone who could handle that. But for me, I was like, I need a break. I cannot create anything that's going to be worth creating for me right now. And then I finally started getting back into it and being like, okay, (laughs) I can do this. I can do this. I'm ready to like start creating again. I want to be in the industry. Here we go. I'm okay. Now I've like... Acknowledged that I've graduated I'm ready to be in the industry and then these stomach symptoms started really, showing yeah. up and for the first two weeks two or three weeks I thought maybe I was just pregnant um I was really? like cautious all the time yeah and I have an IUD and there's like no way there's no way I could be pregnant but yeah. I was like maybe I'm pregnant and then I was like uh I don't know you can cut this out I don't know if it's too um have uh, you
1: heard some of the things but I've talked I, about? But I lessons. was like, oh,
0: man, I'm going to have to go get an abortion. Maybe you should cut it. out. I don't know how my parents would feel about that. But okay, um, We can cut that. We'll see. I might be okay with that. You like, also you, don't really care. They know. But I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, this is going to be so no, complicated uh, yeah, to deal, so deal do with. Yeah, so many things start like,
1: running through your head. Well, I, I need like, to give it up for adoption. Or <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, that's like yeah, yeah trying to put a baby into the equation or like <laughs> the thought like, of a baby it's no just like way. no way I mean yeah I um, I go through that every month with an irregular period where I'll like skip yeah. a week and I'll be like oh yeah oh no no but then
0: so I really thought that it might be that and I finally my dad's an ER doctor so oh, okay. I consult him for everything and yeah. I finally was like okay I'm gonna like ask him and I did. And he was like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's worth getting a pregnancy test, but like maybe you should go to the ER. Um, cause my period, what was it? I hadn't gotten my period yet, but to get a pregnancy test, you have to wait for like five days before your period, before your period's supposed to be. Um, and so I'm obviously not very experienced in taking pregnancy tests. Like it's not (laughs) really an issue for me. (laughs) Um, so that I, was trying to wait and so I was just sitting in pain and like nauseous every day and I was working at Trader Joe's it was a pretty like physical yeah work yeah. environment and I was getting so sick I mean I felt like I just had to lay down on the ground and I couldn't I was checking out customers yeah and being like have a great day like this is Trader Joe's <laughs> we're happy here and I was in so much pain um and then there were two nights where I couldn't keep any food down I was just throwing up oh, um yeah. that happened two days in a row and that's when I called my dad and was like okay like I don't it's know should I just sick. go to the yeah. ER oh I had taken a pregnancy test by that time and um it was negative but I didn't even trust it because I was like yeah. I don't know I just took two CVS pregnancy tests like yeah uh, maybe I still could be
1: um, especially when you don't know what else it could be and then you yes. look up like feeling nauseous. Stomach and like, pain could be anything. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. Um, and so then I went to the ER the next morning. I think I was still like trying to make it to work the next day or something. Oof. Cause I went at, um, 4am or 5am. I had talked to my dad and we were like, okay, when is the time that the ER is going to be the least busy? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's um, a good- and Good I just point. wanted
0: to jump the. I could have gone to my primary care doctor and like waited a week, and then waited we another week, and we were just like, oh, let's just go get some. Yeah, testing but you done. couldn't hold on food for
1: days. So yeah, definitely um, understandable.
0: And so we went, and I had had this bout of quote unquote IBS. That's what we had called it for six months or eight months, like four years ago. Um, and I never figured out what it was. And I got tested for everything. got tested for SIBO. Yeah. I didn't have it. Uh, like uh, celiac disease yeah. and all the typical allergies or whatever. Um, Blood work and everything. And everything was fine. So because I had had that history and explained it to the emergency doctor... He came back, I, and I cannot believe he listened to me. Like, this does not happen. This yeah. doesn't happen. No one gets diagnosed with Mal's in the ER. Like, yeah. that's not a thing. But he came back, and he. I was like, maybe it's Mal's. This is a really weird thing, but since you have a history of this and all your tests are coming back normal, I think it might be worth pursuing. And he was amazing, and um, talked to my dad on the phone, too. Oh. Which was so helpful yeah. because I didn't know I was hadn't eaten in days. Yeah, yeah, I was so not much in a stress yeah. mental state. Um Alex had like driven me to the hospital, but then he had to go back and go to work and let our dog outside. So I was like completely alone. And so it was very comforting for me that he was willing yeah. to talk to my dad on the phone about it. And he even wanted to get an X-ray done to see if, if it was Mal's. And my dad was like had just read an article, had just happened to read an article about it like a week before. And um, he was like, we should just go ahead and get a CAT scan instead of an x-ray. And the doctor was like, I don't want to expose her to the radiation, but you know your daughter best and you know her pain and she knows her pain. And if she's saying she's in that much pain, then we can skip right to the CAT scan, which again, like that does not happen. i love this. I I love this. No, but I love hearing that
1: there are, because sometimes we have- such bad experiences with doctors or really like I've had some very bad ER experiences, a lot of them involving the first couple of like moments with this, with my IIH and stuff. Yeah, And it was just like really awful and, uh, uncomfortable, and it's. I mean, it's hard for them too, because these it's rare diseases are. Yeah,
0: for emergency doctors too, their um, knowledge has to be so general and so broad. Yeah. that's a lot of information. It's not like it's a specialist. Exactly. And I got treated better by the emergency doctor than I got treated by the specialists who really? came in. Actually, yeah, the specialists like um. So you need usually a vascular doctor diagnoses you with this sometimes a general surgeon can yeah so the vascular surgeons came in and they were like on ro- different rotations um and it was covid and for what I, for whatever reason i came on the busiest day the hospital oh, had seen yeah. since before covid started so i was in the hallway i didn't have a room to yeah, myself I, um, and with a mask on I, like oof.
1: I, yeah i didn't have to do it during yeah, covid but i've done the hallway
0: yeah oh, the hallway it's something else there was like someone who came in um who was having, like, like throwing up so badly all night in the room right next to me. Uh, I don't know what they were going through, but it was really wild. And I, I saw different patients came in and out within the time that I was there. And they'd be like, you're still here? And like, have you eaten anything? Do you want me to go get you food? Which was so cute. It was kind of like, no, like, yeah, we're making friends with yeah. people there. Um but I couldn't eat any food. Yeah. I had to just eat, uh, drink, drink, Uh-oh. clear fluids. Um, and I was so hungry. So yeah. So hungry. Um, and I kind of lost my train of thought. I don't know. The ER doctor, the specialist. Oh, yeah, vascular surgeon came in, and they were like, well, mouse is really rare, so you probably don't have it. Um If you do, we'll have to do more testing. You'll have to get an endoscopy. We'll go ahead and admit you, but, like, it probably isn't it. So, yeah, bye. I was like, like, okay. (laughs) And then I um, was admitted to the hospital and stayed there overnight, and I got an endoscopy the next morning, and my endoscopy, of course, came back normal, which was, again, I was glad to hear it came back normal because I thought MALS made so much sense. And then I immediately started researching it, and I was like, yes this is me this is Mm -hmm. so me um and all I needed to do was get that endoscopy and then I should have been released from the hospital but they kept me a whole other night because of just miscommunication with the hospital Mm. I kept getting switched off from department to department so I did like family medicine and then I did a GI and then I did vascular and then I was back to family medicine and so no one was communicating and then and I couldn't get a discharge because there was no one they didn't know what doctor was on my case to discharge me um which that was a whole struggle and they didn't change my food order so even though at that point I just wanted to eat food and I knew I'd be okay even if I was in pain or threw up I still wanted to eat like it was worth it for me yeah um, but since my food order wasn't changed, I wasn't allowed to eat. So I was oh. just in the hospital for three days, not eating, not eating. anything. Oh my god! And gosh. it was ridiculous. And I kind of did it to myself because I went to the ER. I guess I could have gone but, to my family doctor. But, what but else?
1: yeah, what? Yeah. And when you're in that situation and you're under that stress, that really feels like you don't know what. Yeah, to do. Option, yeah.
0: Yeah, I finally got discharged, and um, then there were like follow-ups with multiple different vascular surgeons and. Then you have to get. Um, I'm not gonna lay it out one more time, just in case anyone no who absolutely. is searching for a mouse diagnosis. So you get a ultrasound mm-hmm. um, to check. I guess your gallbladder and different like make sure everything's functioning fine. Yeah. Then you can get you get a cat scan with contrast. Some people for the ultrasound do. Oh, I think it's on the exhale. You're supposed to exhale and do the ultrasound which usually you inhale and do it, but then sometimes the compression doesn't show up. Okay. Um some doctors don't even use the ultrasound to diagnose it, so I don't know. Yeah. It's technically step 1, and then the CT scan with contrast. Some people do a CT angiogram, which is a little bit of a different test, but just a CT with contrast is usually enough. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people have you do the nerve block. But before you get surgery, you also, you have to rule out everything else. So obviously you get the normal blood work done. You can see if you have like celiac disease or any yeah. other allergies. And you have to do this whole allergy tested. Um And then you have to do a HIDA scan and oh. a... Um, Is the, you've you, probably done it. Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, I feel like you just probably have. <laughs> Is that the... Um it's a hida scan and a gastric emptying study. So the hida scan you lay down in like a machine for like
1: two hours. Is it your kid I feel like I've done a yeah. hida scan. I think I I, think I couldn't I have. even
0: I honestly can't tell you. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> no, I <laughs> I, I think I have because
1: I you think Martin. Have. I think I have a photo of it on my Instagram.
0: Oh, I should have I taken
1: think, a photo. But again, I think I'm doing Martin all of this stuff me. alone yeah, because people don't because of COVID. So, yeah, that's uh, yeah. a very different experience than mine in the hospital. Yeah. For sure.
0: But I just, um, and I didn't know if I could listen with headphones because no, it's like a yeah, machine it's a machine and I just I should have asked why didn't I ask I but did I that didn't. all the
1: time and yeah. so I just
0: sat there for what is it two or three
1: hours yeah and just and I just meditated <laughs> I was just like oh, the guys just to go into myself and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> try and do yeah. something no because that I I've had to do a lot of MRIs um yeah. of course but Sometime. Yeah, I was,
0: th- I was thinking about you, actually, when I was in this. <laughs> camera, really? I was like, Maddie's probably had to do a lot of this.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I'll go into the MRI. It's so interesting because my mom recently had a little bit of a health scare. Yeah. Um, where she... And did you go home? I did go home. Oh, yeah. I went home for two weeks. It was very it was very nice. But she's doing a lot better now. They figured it out. Funny. It was an inner ear thing. Um, yeah. But she, she had to do an MRI, and she was like, it was awful. I was like, yeah, And she she was like, they gave me music to try and block it out, but it was still so loud. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, I kept, I kept saying, turn up the music, turn up the music. (laughs) Because sometimes with MRIs, I guess it just depends on where you go. Um, I've had a couple with and a couple without, but sometimes Mm. they'll give you like headphones and you can like listen to music while you do the MRI, which I guess... It, like, never made sense to me. I was like, how can I put headphones on and listen to music and then have them take, like, images of my brain? But who knows? Whatever. they.
0: Yeah, I guess because it's an x-ray. I have, uh, I have no idea how <laughs> no. it works. I would And are not <laughs> medical someone experts is, yeah, here. Someone is yeah. listening
1: and they're like, oh, my God, idiot, <laughs> You don't even know what an MRI is. Um, yeah. But so sometimes I'll listen to music. But still, like, the music is on, but it's still so... I didn't do
0: an MRI. Loud. My but head cat wasn't scans in the machine. Too,
1: because I've done CAT yeah. scans as well.
0: It was my whole, I, and I don't, I guess because they're studying your brain, they were looking at my stomach. Yeah, so, so my it's head was different. outside yeah. of the machine, which I've, was kind of nice. I've had
1: to do a couple for my um, uteri. Oh. So a yeah. couple MRIs. There you go. But I don't know. So
0: I guess you definitely could put in your headphones if you wanted, I guess. but Especially I, like little ear AirPods.
1: Earpo- yeah, but it's weird. Like when no one tells you I what know. to do. And there is this, because you don't want to, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to seem stupid. And I like, know. Hey, can I listen to music? And they're like, oh, you can't <laughs> yes. sit like, there for n- no, to, obviously. Yeah. Which then no
0: one's, I mean, in my experience, the technicians are generally pretty nice. They're always I, usually very nice, but <laughs> in my they head, I'm just like. just answer <laughs> you nicely. So then for my gastric emptying study, which is um, you eat a radioactive egg um, Mm. really fun. And then you get scanned and then you wait an hour and you get scanned and you wait an hour and you get scanned and you do that like five times. So it's like a four or five hour test. Um, but they asked me if I could, when I was scheduling it, can you tolerate eggs? And that's one of the things that I cannot tolerate that hurts so badly. And I was like, no. And they were like, okay, well we can't do the year scan. Then you have to go like get admitted to the hospital because we do it with an egg. And I was like, Okay, I'll eat the egg. It's fine. fine, I'll tolerate tolerate it. I'll tolerate the egg. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and it was nasty too. It was like, I think powdered egg, and they warmed it up in the microwave. They like (laughs) served it to me in a a paper sort of bowl. Like, thank you Um, for this radioactive egg. Yeah, it was pretty disgusting, and it hurt pretty badly. But I guess I do have um, gastroparesis, which is slow emptying of your stomach. Yeah, but. I guess some people say that gastroparesis can be like a comorbidity with mouths. So yeah. it's not actually that I have that. That doesn't rule out mouths. It's just that mouths can cause, cause that. that. Yeah. Which, again, is where I think some people would run into trouble because if they got tested and they were like, yeah, you have gastroparesis, then they'd be like, and that's it. Yeah. And <laughs> then like, we're done. done. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's it takes people step. like, five 10 15 20 years to get diagnosed with mouths and I feel like it only took me three months but then technically since I had had that history four years ago it's kind of been four years yeah but my symptoms sort of went away for a while and then it came back so with mouths something usually triggers it Mm. um like a pregnancy or some sort of um accident involving your stomach um I said pregnancy, right, or an infection, and so I had COVID in January, oh. and then the symptoms showed up like two weeks later. Yeah. And for some people, it can come and go. Um, I wonder if that's For why a little they, bit. Sorry to interrupt. No, you. Go ahead.
1: I wonder if that's why they constitute it as an autoimmune disease because that happens. Yeah. A lot with autoimmune diseases, so I wonder if. Because it has to do with like inflammation. Yeah. Of the... That's the correlation.
0: So what an autoimmune disease is just your own body sort of attacking itself right yeah essentially and so that's weird because with mouths it's anatomical because it's your median arcuate ligament pressing on something yeah yeah so i'm not sure that if something that's anatomical counts as your body attacking itself yeah and i haven't i look it up and some places say that it's an autoimmune disease and like some people don't yeah. mention it um it's and like, i guess these are like the types of questions that i could ask the doctor but it's like why, it, doesn't matter. Yeah, (laughs) and it's a lot of
1: info to take in constantly and to be... Because I know I have done so much research on IIH and other diseases and all of this stuff, but it just, it gets to be a lot. And sometimes they blend together because a lot of their symptoms are similar and a lot of things are... POTS is a really
0: common thing Yeah, people with mouths have that. um, And I feel like that's common for a lot of different... Mm -hmm. Invisible illnesses and with mouths, if you don't get it fixed, then it will continue to cause more issues in your body. Yeah, just... Um, which is why getting it diagnosed really early could save your body. Like, mouths can be fixed, and sometimes you have a really hard recovery from surgery, but you can pretty much go back to eating normally and go back to normal life. But the other comorbidities with mouse that you can develop if it just sits in your body for a long time will never go away. They're like a true chronic illness in the sense that you'll have it for the rest of your life. So Mm -hmm. I just, I read that mouse isn't rare. It's just rarely diagnosed because no one knows what to look for. And I really like that. And that resonates with me. Um,
1: It's a good way of phrasing that. Yeah.
0: I didn't say it. I don't know really. Who said it? Someone on but thank you the for... mouse Facebook support group. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks for
1: regurgitating it here. Yeah. Um, um, but in yeah. regards to surgery and what you have to look forward to, mm-hmm. what is that journey going to be like for you? I mm-hmm. know it's coming up. It's soon-ish. sometime in late August. Okay. Yeah. I, I the surgeon that
0: I've decided to go with um, does an open surgery. Which again, like I said, there's a lot of controversy with mouths. So some people think, um, are comfortable with a, why is the term not coming to my mind? Like where they only do in, a couple of uh, incisions.
1: Enscopic? In sco- in mm-hmm. endosco- endoscopic. Endoscopic? No. Uh, uh, uh.
0: I say this like, every, I explain
1: this every day. No, I know. And I've had those surgeries done. Uh, me
0: too. I got it from my appendectomy. It was that kind of I got it from my surgery. shoulder. Come on. Um. We did, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Have to say, don't you know. know. If you don't, don't look know, look it
0: up. Yeah. Look it up yourself. <laughs> do some research.
1: Um, Me, whenever I don't know anything. Like, uh, yeah. how, how come you don't know? Yeah.
0: You're being l- lazy Come on. <laughs> um, well, you could do it that way uh or you could do it open. And then some people do it robotically. And I think always are valid. But the risk you run with the endoscopic with the non-open one um, yeah, the- is that sometimes doctors don't remove all the damaged nerves or they don't cut the median arcuate ligament all the way back they just cut off part of it and mm. then it regrows and oh. you get another and you yeah. get the compression again um and open surgery because they can feel like with their hands they can feel yeah. the nerves or whatever um they remove all the damaged nerves usually (laughs) yeah um but then it takes a lot longer to to recover recover from yeah and then what's really difficult with mouths if you're getting the nerves removed is that the nerves will regenerate into healthy nerves that aren't damaged but apparently that hurts and it feels like all your symptoms are coming back so much worse Mm. um and there is, it's not a linear recovery. You don't just like get better and better. I've read that the third day, the third week, and the third month are the most difficult. Um, Interesting. I don't know why, but that's yeah. thrown out around there. Yeah. There's also like zero research about it or whatever <laughs> research there is. It's like, yeah, and they, it's like very medical. It's like, and they... Recovered or and they didn't recover, and it does not like you don't lay get out any the specifics.
1: personal Yeah, yeah. So, insight. people when
0: they hear open surgery or stomach surgery, they're like, Yeah, so you'll recover, like, yay, gl- like, um, like it'll
1: be fine. Hope you
0: recover well, like, hope you get better soon. And it's like, Well, no, it's gonna be a lot worse before it gets better, yeah. which I'm luckily prepared for. Yeah,
1: so that is. And reading, and to hey, if that. I'm
0: perfect after the surgery and I like. <laughs> i don't have any pain then great yeah. But like i'm expecting it to be a six month or year-long recovery yeah with probably again, ups and
1: downs with a lot of ups and yeah. downs
0: and you'll feel like you're recovered and then all of a sudden it feels like you aren't which is really weird to explain to people because they're like it doesn't take six yeah. months to recover from surgery i've got people have told me that and i'm like
1: Okay, well, you're like, all right, we'll see. (laughs) Talk talk to you never again. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Which they don't know. I mean, a lot of people, they mean well, but there's like, they haven't researched mouths for 80 hours. And a lot of people who
1: haven't experienced like living with that or dealing with that kind of chronic pain or that kind of journey don't quite understand Mm -hmm. it, which is, it's not. It's not their fault. There's just not a lot of information about it. And that's why I am so passionate about. And you can't see it either. And I understand that. It's hard to be
0: empathetic, truly empathetic, and like really trying to understand something. If you can't see it, it can really only be described to you like someone with a broken bone or even uh, I feel kind of weird saying it, but like even someone with cancer or something that's like, you identify that as something really, really bad, especially like bad things that you really can die from. That's like a whole different level. And I think people maybe have a little bit more empathy for that, which makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. No, I I understand what you're resonating. And it's,
1: and it, yeah, it's this idea of, Okay, I've seen a lot of that. I've seen that in media. I've seen exactly. It's it's. I hate to say it, but like more common. Yeah. Um, which is which isn't a good thing. It just is a thing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people know more people who have gone through that, or have seen it in media, or have seen yes, it. Yes, it's more documented. Um, yeah, it's just more documented. It's so people have it have more of a grasp on that, more of an understanding of it, and so. I think when that happens, they're like, oh, I, I understand that. I get that. So that makes sense. Yes. And I know that's horrible. And I know someone going through that is going through a lot. Yeah. But then someone who is also in a lot of pain or dealing with a lot of stuff, but looks. But they can't see it. And if you're yeah.
0: someone like, I think either one of us who's sort of an overachiever or who's going to like aim to please people, yeah. you're going to really work through a lot of the pain and yeah. appear really normal. And I exactly. get that so often. A lot of people are like, oh, but you look really healthy. You look like you're doing good. And you're, I'm
1: like, yeah, but I'm not. I'm really you're not. You're laughing and you're, yeah. you're smiling and you're yeah. not. You're still working. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. I, I have found myself, I find that sometimes when I'm feeling really sick, I will put on, like if I need people to know that I'm feeling sick, I will put on more of, I guess, a face or yeah, try and just show so it more in my body. Even though you don't need
0: to put on that face, no, you know. to do it so that they can like empathize. So that they can
1: see that yeah. I'm not feeling well or I'm not feeling good. When yes. in reality, I could probably just like smile and appear normal. But if I really need people to understand how tired I am or yeah. like in that moment know that I'm really not feeling well, I will really try and... I want to say personify. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. But I'll really try and put it on. Not to say, I feel I feel like people are going to be like, oh, so you just So act. you're faking it. You're faking <laughs> it. You're acting. You're acting yeah. like you're in pain. But no it's one's like, even saying
0: that. You're saying that no, in your mind. No, no one's <laughs> saying that. Everyone's yeah.
1: like, Maddie, that's just you saying that.
0: But yeah, they're like, is, that's just you being in pain. That's okay. Yeah.
1: Like, or even yesterday, I when I got back from walking home and I was... <laughs> Quickly shedding my pants because I was sweating so much. Um, I looked in the mirror and I was almost relieved to see that I was really pale and sweaty mm. and looked I sick. you looked, yeah. Because I was like, oh, okay, I yeah. am. Yeah. When in reality, sometimes I feel awful and I look in the mirror and I look fine. Yeah. And I'm like, how? How are you? The I know, same it's person. Those
0: that mental gymnastics. It's like so the, much. What? It, and then with mouths too. In regards to eating, it's – a lot of people get diagnosed with just an eating disorder. They're mm. like, you have bulimia or you have anorexia, and yeah. that's not – they have a real medical condition that is causing them pain, but you do develop fear around food. So yeah. it's like you kind of do eventually so – reality, yeah. Develop a sort of – Disordered eating. Disordered thinking around eating. Yeah. Um, and I'm really interested to see what my mind does when I – Recover mm-hmm. um, and a- am able to introduce food again because I luckily have never had any experiences with that. My relationship with food has always been really, really healthy. Yeah, and I think about food differently. I um disconnected and I don't really remember how it
1: did, but um, yeah. No, I think yeah. that that's an interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: So I um a lot of people with mouths lose a lot of weight.
1: And um, so I had
0: lost a lot of weight when I went to the hospital. It I makes sense. lost like five pounds in a week or something well, already. And, and that's part of what tips the doctor off. And now I had lost like 14 pounds and I've tried to be gaining some of it back for surgery, which is another struggle in and yeah, of itself that's just to like gain back that much weight when eating is mostly painful. Yeah. Um, But a lot of people who you don't always lose weight and some people gain weight and then they don't get diagnosed because they're not losing weight and they don't look like the typical patient. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was not the typical. I was kind of happy when I was losing weight because I was like, well, it makes me look more
1: (laughs) sick, which is really it's It's such a, yeah, you think and you're like, this is such a messed up way to think, but it is. It is this feeling of oh anything that's going to give me validation. Yes. Anything like I know that when I have brain episodes, I like I do like a twitching thing and I almost look like I'm seizing and I don't really I don't really remember it a yeah. whole lot just cuz of the nature of everything. But sometimes oh this is going to sound awful but I'm going to say it. Yeah. Like sometimes when friends see it or people see it I'm almost relieved that they're seeing it and I know it's I know it's a really horrible experience both for myself and for people witnessing it because it's not it's it's yeah. it's just traumatic. Yeah, it's, it's traumatic. traumatic. Yeah. And but part of me is almost like, "Oh my gosh, they they see now it they now. They get it. They yeah. can see it yes. what it looks like." It's yeah. Now what I feel inside is now being shown on the outside. I know. And so now they Yes. they can understand, which I guess is just the, the struggle of invisible illness. Yeah. So that's why we talk about it. That's why we're discussing yes. it. And it's so hard. Sometimes I wish, I think I've talked about this before. I wish I could just take my hand and place it on someone and they could, I could transfer the pain for a second. Yeah. So they would know. Like the giver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the giver? I think they do that. I feel like, like that makes sense. The giver, like he, uh, he
0: has all the memories, like all the bad memories, and he like transfers it on. I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
1: But that's what I wish I could do. I wish I could just tap someone and not give them the pain. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to like be like. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> the experience for a moment. But
1: yeah, that... just for a second, just to be like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Yeah. Just so you know, and just so and that I we can would understand. Like to
0: feel, I would like that as a person to be able to know what other people are yeah, dealing just, with.
1: And I think we feel pain so differently in this in this life. Like I yes. think people and people who have gone through more pain are, I think, a bit better at dealing with pain because they've really experienced that. Yeah. I almost feel glad that, <laughs> I wonder if Martin's going to be bad at me when they, when, uh, editing this, but Martin doesn't, I feel like has a pretty low pain tolerance. <laughs> 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 That's not a bad thing. I yes. almost,
0: but I look at it. Okay. No, but, um, I, I, Sorry, Alex, my boyfriend, <laughs> does too because I had COVID in January, right? Yeah. I had COVID. Yeah. I was so fatigued. I felt so awful. And Alex somehow was in the same apartment with me and it never got it. He didn't have it, but he thought he had it. And he was like, oh, I think I'm sick too.
1: <laughs> and it ended up that he was not. Yeah. And um, maybe it's just sympathy and things like that. And yeah, It's not a bad thing. I almost look at it instead of cuz i think i i used to really take this weird pride or almost resent people who didn't have high pain tolerances like almost like oh you you haven't had to feel the struggle that i have and you haven't had to go through the pain and yeah. and do like pull all the muscles in your back and break your coccyx <laughs> and then feel the overwhelming pressure in your skull blinding you and like all this really horrible yeah. dramatic stuff that it, it that people don't have to feel to feel valid in their pain, but <laughs> yeah. I think I started looking at at it as like almost a really positive thing when people have a low pain tolerance. It's yes. almost a good thing that they haven't had to experience yes. that kind of pain. So I almost feel lucky now that Martin hasn't had to go through that much that, physical how pain. How good for them, right? Yeah. yeah. And I and who knows, maybe that's and I think even people still like whatever. Like if you can't deal with pain, that doesn't matter because it's still pain. valid to you, and it's still the pain you're feeling. You're, it's, it's still, still intense. For if that's you. a five for
0: you, that's a five
1: for you. Yeah, exactly. Like, or a that's... six or seven
0: or an eight. Pain scales are weird. Pain scales are so weird. But um, I feel that with food. There's uh, my diet is really limited right now, but I also feel very thankful for every little thing that I can eat. I can eat yeah. like oatmeal, rice, beans, and salmon. Oof. Um, and junk food. It's weird. Any and really? chips um fast food anything like that as long as it's not dairy for some reason uh, is fine because my body can process it more easily my digestive system doesn't have to work as hard yeah i usually eat vegetables all the time no, I know, so yeah. this is really hard for me <laughs> I'm, yeah. like, eating really badly but um a lot of people are trying to be really nice and they like don't they're trying not to talk about food around me or not to be like, oh, this is so good. But it actually makes me really happy. And I'm like, yeah. you all, you better be enjoying yeah, food just right enjoy now. It. If like, you aren't eating everything you can eat, if you aren't like going all living out living your life to the fullest, yeah, yeah, then what are you doing? You yeah. need to be eating right now. Diets, no, don't don't put yourself
1: on a not a not allowed no. in this home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, I think, yeah, we have to flip it that way and look at it from that perspective cuz yeah. then cuz then you do you do start to wallow and you start to have those thoughts of of oh if they're not going through this like no one truly understands me and yeah. all that stuff it's like well
0: i okay i have sort of the opposite thing i am always like am I really in pain? Does oh, well, this yeah. really hurt? Like, yeah. is this really that bad or is this in my head? Like, maybe I don't have mouths. It is really rare. Like, yeah. maybe yeah. I just have a sensitive stomach and oh. mouths is oh, yeah. compared to um, end-stage pancreatic cancer pain. I, I, like, stage four pancreatic yeah. cancer. Well. I don't know. I've never had pink You're like I've never, I've never. I don't had stage know work. where they got that uh, statistic from. So and who who can say I that? Don't... Did someone
1: have both and then say, "Oh yes, this is exactly I know. like"? And
0: I've tried to research. I've tried to be like, well, "How
1: how are we yeah, how do people?" This? Know that? How do you... <laughs> um,
0: so a lot of people in the mouse community like throw that out there, um, but I actually feel uncomfortable throwing that out there because I'm like, "What? Well, I don't I don't I really like I don't... know." But yeah. I do know that I'm. When I have an episode and it's really bad, I am on the floor by the toilet. I yeah. can't think of anything else. I can only think of the pain, and I'm just, like, trying to disassociate. So, yeah, that's pretty bad. But I don't know if it's really that bad. And yeah. I don't know. I've um been hungover a lot. I <laughs> like, really bad hangovers. So I'm like, oh, I can get through. Like, this isn't that bad. Yeah. It's just, like, a bad hangover. But, you yeah. know, if your body is, like, doing reacting as if you're having a really really horrible hangover from eating like a regular sized meal like no that's not normal yeah that's, that's not like, yeah. yeah
1: no I still mm-hmm. I still question it to this day where I'm like because yeah. I've had I had doctors after I was diagnosed and like had the full diagnosis question it again and be like oh well maybe they misdiagnosed you maybe it was wrong yeah. maybe they were wrong and so yes, sometimes I have days in your head where I think and I'm like maybe maybe they were wrong maybe I don't have this thing because it doesn't look like everyone else's does. And yeah. I don't have to have a shunt in my head and I do okay, but then I don't do okay. And then I have these yes. things and yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I just don't, maybe I don't have a high pain tolerance. Maybe exactly. I'm out here <laughs> thinking that I have like, I yeah. have like God's gift of pain tolerance. And I just have a little headache. And I just actually. have a headache actually. <laughs> and I just am... Anxious, maybe I just have really bad. Oh my god, anxiety. why it always comes
0: back to yes. Yeah, so I was four years ago diagnosed with IBS, right? Yes, and I was like, oh, okay, it's stress-induced. Yeah. I am stressed out right now. Like, mm-hmm. let me just not be as stressed. And then I still am thinking that now, even though I have a diagnosis, which is like impossible to get, and I'm getting surgery for it. I'm scheduled for surgery, and I'm like, am I crazy? Like.
1: Maybe I don't need surgery. Maybe. maybe yeah. Maybe I'm just stressed. Yeah, I do that all the time. Even yesterday, I was like, "Am I just yeah. anxious to go into the city? Do I just not want to do this?" Yes. Do okay. Do I just not want to leave my house? Is that why this is happening? And it's like, as I'm laying on the couch, like can't move, profusely sweating, yes. losing eyesight, and I'm like, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Like, I'm just, just have dramatic. A headache. Yeah. I just need A little Advil. Maybe. Um, I know. It's I think that all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe if I just took pain medicine regularly because i don't because i yeah. think if i did take pain medicine every time i felt pain like i would kind of don't want to become dependent on it okay yeah. so
0: this is a whole i'm um, this is a new let's whole spiel i'm about to go on spiel. are you ready give okay. it to me so um a lot of people use weed to manage the pain of yeah. mouths and um i oh my god it would be so co- i've been to so many doctors so many appointments and like I'm going to maybe look into that for my post-surgery. Like, I'll talk with my pain management person in yeah. the pre-op, and we'll talk about that. Like, maybe getting edibles and moving off of opioids and on to weed, and if that would work for me. Yeah. Um, but, like, I smoke normally anyway, like, recreationally. So, mm-hmm. I have been smoking a little bit, and it does allow me to eat more food. Um, it doesn't stop the pain that I'm feeling, mm-hmm. but it whatever reason helps me manage the pain so it like is changing the way that my mind is interacting with the pain so instead of being like this hurts you can't do anything yeah it's like this hurts but you can breathe through it and you're gonna get through it and it's gonna be okay and you can still be present and you don't have to throw up you can actually keep the food in your system like it's really weird
1: no I that makes sense the panic with the pain Makes it worse. I know a lot, like when I first started having brain episodes, my mom would just be like, you need to go to sleep. You need to go to sleep because the panic. That's what
0: I do half the time is I just take a
1: nap. Yeah. The panic doesn't, it makes everything it it heightens everything yes and it makes you more aware of the pain and you think yes. you start to spiral you think well i ever not feel this pain but then the pain isn't anxiety though even oh, though you're no, having no, no, panic no. around the pain yeah.
0: it's just making the pain worse but the pain is still no absolutely the pain, the pain is still important. the pain it's
1: just the way of seeing the pain and looking yeah. at the pain and approaching it and yeah. it doesn't like it doesn't make the pain better it just gives you a clearer picture or yes. allows your body cuz i'll like go through I'll go through, Martin will tell me I'll go through um, brain episodes and it'll be really bad and I'll be freaking out and then I'll get working on breath or I'll start breathing or yes. I'll start trying to work through it, even if it's subconsciously and then things will get better and then it'll get worse. Like it, it, it's not a perfect science, but it is interesting, the, a look on panic and pain and yes. that you can do this and it doesn't alleviate it, but it gives you a different perspective and it kind of alleviates the
0: yes stress of i don't know what anxiety is like for you but for me Mm -hmm. it's a lot like i'm too in my head yeah that's kind of what it is but then it's weird because if i'm high or like a little bit it's like a one hitter like i'm barely it's not even that much weed at all but um but i'm using my brain to help me walk through my pain so i actually am very in my head which you would think would be sort of anxiety, but it feels different than anxiety. Yeah. So I was going into the city to meet Alex and I had decided that I was going to smoke so that I could just like eat food, mm-hmm. like enjoy food actually. Yeah. Um, and my, I was getting really nauseous on the train. The train was making me so nauseous and like causing a mouse flare up. Yeah. I don't know. I think... I always feel like people are going to be listening and be like, that's not mouse. Like, no, that's yeah. not. Uh,
1: no, I don't know. I sometimes <laughs> think that too, but we're, yeah. it's, it is,
0: it is, it okay. is what's happening um, in your body. Yeah. yeah. So then I was like, because I had been diagnosed with IBS, right. Yeah. And I had told myself that IBS was, um, stress related and anxiety related. Yeah. Then I was on the train and I was like, wait, is this mouse or am I having a panic attack? Yeah. Oh, am I just having a panic attack because I'm high right now? And no, like that doesn't happen to me. That's not not my experience. Yeah. Um, And I was just so in my head about it. And of course, as soon as I got off the train and like was able to um, be outside and be still, then um, the pain was alleviated a little bit. I was still sort of having an episode, but. Then I decided to just eat pizza since my stomach was already hurting, and um, which was amazing because yeah. that's my favorite food. Yeah. I haven't been able to eat it, so um, I ate it, uh, and I went back home, and the train ride was really rough, and I was in pain for the rest of the night, but I don't know if that makes sense, but I really couldn't tell if it was like anxiety or no, actual yeah. pain, and it was. it was. Now that I've thought about it, it was like a mouse attack. Yeah, and yeah. I
1: think I have problems... Like, leaving my home space.
0: Yeah. Um, well, so COVID adds a whole other thing. COVID adds a whole
1: thing. And I have found that leaving my house, I will get, like, even if I'm feeling... Like if I'm feeling good, I feel like pretty, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can leave. I can go to the city. It's okay. Yeah. Um. But there are, there's always a thought in the back of my head where I'm like, I'm leaving this comfortable space where mm. I am safe and where I can yeah. have brain episodes and it will be yeah. okay. And I'm going on a journey <laughs> into the city and it's going to take yeah. me an hour and a half to get to a rehearsal. And if I start feeling sick, I'm going to have to to return to my safe space and to return to my yes. comfort, I'm going to have to travel very far exactly. and possibly a compromised position by myself.
0: That is so much of what was going yeah. through my head, which, and then I was feeling really weird about looking sick on the train. Yeah. Um, especially cause I had smoked and like, I really was very, um, still very aware. Like it's not like I was uh, hammered on the train. Like I was really yeah. just normal, but I was like, If I look sick right now, people are going to blame it that they're going to say it's because I smoked and then I'm going to go to jail, which is not (laughs) even like illegal in New Jersey. Um, Ridiculous. But um,
1: it is this panic. Yeah. I didn't want to
0: look sick in public. I felt mm -hmm. like I was being a nuisance to other people. Like I didn't want people to worry about me because I was like, no, actually I can handle this pain, but. Yeah, I'm going to be like curled up on this yeah.
1: train seat and look really sick. It's this weird line of oh, I want to look sick because I want people to know I'm sick, but then <laughs> yes. if I look sick, I don't want anyone to worry. I don't want yeah. people to look at me, don't perceive me. Yeah. When I when I when my brain gets really tired, I start to like my eyes starts to twitch and my face will start to spasm like in it's yeah. usually I think just the left side of my face. And I remember that happening in grad school, we had had a long, uh, our Thursdays were really long. It was 9 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. or something like that. It was like 12 and a half hours of class back to back. And um, and I remember being in my last class and we were sitting there and like having a lecture and talking and doing all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, my the left side of my face started twitching uncontrollably and I couldn't stop it. And I remember just taking my hand and my hair Ooh, and like covering, covering and like trying no. to stop these like, oh, like twitches <laughs> from happening in my face. I was like, oh my God. Would you can't just gonna... stop twitching. No, I know. I was like, it is it. uncontrollable. <laughs> and I'm like, people are just looking and people are gonna look at me and they're gonna think what's wrong. And then they're gonna worry because they know I have a brain thing and they're gonna think the brain thing's happening, which it is, yes. but I don't want them <laughs> I <know>. to <laughs> I don't want them to worry and all this stuff. And I Yeah, it's, it's not, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, well, I'm I'm trying to let it, like, like,
0: not stop me from living my life, especially working. I'm honestly a little bit more okay with it stopping me from working. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm really, 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 really privileged, and my parents are, like, paying my rent right now, and so I luckily can take a break from working, which is a whole other thing that I feel really guilty about, and I shouldn't, and I don't need to, but I do, Mm -hmm. Um, but don't want it to stop me from living my life, like, socially or just finding joy in my life. And so I'll still um, go out to dinner and, like, eat a little bit of salmon or, like, hang out with my friends. Um, And I will sometimes be going through an episode or something. And I'll Mm -hmm. be like, it's so obvious that I'm in so much pain and I'm so in my head about it. But then I tell them later, like, oh, yeah, my stomach is really hurting. And they're like, really? I had no idea you were in
1: pain. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. how internal, yeah, invisible. and how yeah, and how mm-hmm. you learn to hide it and yeah, without even really thinking that. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, I yeah. feel like it's so obvious or exactly the same thing where I feel like it is so clear that so I'm clear that I'm uncomfortable, but really it's not. And so sometimes yeah. I just have to like people. I remember after one of our shows of Macbeth at grad school, I remember walking out. And people were, like, congratulating us because they had just seen it. It was our classmates. It was very kind, all of that stuff, you know, the the after-the-show stuff. And I walked out, and people stopped me to talk to me. And I remember just saying, bad brain day, and just walked away. Yeah. But I knew, like, I knew that they would understand what that meant. But it is coming up with these, I guess, cues to be like, I I know I, yeah, I don't look like I'm having an issue unless I'm, like, rolled up on the floor or twitching or, like, not answering to people because I'm <laughs> yeah. not fully there. Um, yeah. But it is weird that sometimes you have to be, like, hey, like, I... You have to develop a language for it. Yeah, yeah.
0: especially with, um, I've come across that with Alex, um, again, my boyfriend, and I'll just, sometimes if I'm in pain, I'll just be, like, sitting on my phone scrolling on Instagram or I'll just be watching a movie because mm-hmm. I... I'm in so much pain, all I can do is lay down or sometimes take a hot bath. Like, that's the only thing that helps, and Mm -hmm. it barely even helps. But to him, especially if I don't tell him I'm having an episode right now, then it just kind of looks like, um, you know, being lazy, just just just, chilling. So he'll be like, can you take Nola out? And I'll be like, no, can you? But I need to be like, no, I'm having an episode right now. It would be really nice if you can because he doesn't see it. So yeah. if I don't say it, it doesn't make sense. And he'll forget, understandably, that I'm, Going you know, through, in yeah. pain all the time. And then we both remind each other and he's like, oh, yeah.
1: okay. And that's why I think communication is so important. I mean, I've had Martin yes. on here and we talk about it all the time. But I think just having that communication and having that language. I mean, even my yeah. roommate came home yesterday and he was like oh Maddie are you okay because I was laying on the couch and I just was like bad brain day that's usually what I say yeah And he was like oh okay anything I can do for you like it's just immediate it makes it so much better to have people that understand yeah Alex
0: and my roommate Gwen she has dealt with like a whole myriad of different issues and invisible illnesses and um so she really understands and relates in a, a similar way that we do. Our issues mm-hmm. are very different, but then really similar. Yeah, it's similar she experiences. She understands too. And then Alex is just great. And it yeah. makes it a lot easier yeah. to deal with. And it, yeah, it really. When people believe your pain. Mm-hmm. Yes, when yeah. people
1: believe. And then are helping you remind yourself and are helping you in that practice of it's okay. Like Martin yesterday was yes. very supportive and saying, no, you made the right decision, not going into the city. Exactly. You made the right decision taking that time. Cause who would have known? Like who, who knows what would have happened? Yes. Like it would have been worse or could have been worse or, and then you'd be stuck there. And then, yeah. So yeah, Take it care is care
0: your, your body. Like you really do have to
1: listen to it. Yeah. And yeah. finding people who are willing to listen to you and, Yes. Learn that language with you and learn with you about it. Because yes. that's the other and thing. And help
0: teach you to be empathetic towards yourself. Like yeah. for me,
1: Alex is
0: very understanding about everything, more than I am to myself. Yeah. So I'll be like, I did nothing today. I was so lazy yes. and like I'm just like letting myself be ill and I'm giving into it. Yeah. And how yeah. evil of me. And he's like no, you did a lot today. You made yourself food. You took Nolan to the park. You, I don't know, like, like um, had this phone call. Like had the Zoom, and that's enough. That's a lot for one day. And I'm like, mm, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is. I think it's too
1: hard on myself. Yeah, and we, I think we both have the that tendency to think that if we're not doing a bunch of stuff, or we're not doing stuff to better ourselves, yes. even if it's not work, yes. then why or it. And what or we you? see a lot of um, inspiration porn, I've called it a lot um, yes. on the podcast, but of it's like, well, look at what these people are doing and look despite what they can this, do despite yeah. their illness and despite this. And you start thinking, yeah. oh, well, I am I succumbing to my stuff instead yeah. of being inspirational and doing a bunch <laughs> yeah. of stuff? Like, where's my inspirational story? Exactly. When meanwhile, also people...
0: Do I've been told that I'm still doing a lot? and like you, definitely going to grad school and like having this podcast. Yeah, and like you're doing a lot. And yeah, people are actually inspired, but you don't have to be anyone's inspiration. Yeah, and
1: and, and, in, and sometimes in my head, it's it's still not enough. It doesn't feel like enough. Yeah, and yeah. constantly reminding my and having my roommates and having people remind me like you you do. chronic illness podcast like if you need to take a week off that's yes that's the point but then there's this part of me that's like oh no I don't want to let people down and I don't I want to bring them good content and I want to bring them informative stuff and I don't want to just sit there and talk even though that's like what I did for and that for me listening to your
0: podcast is sometimes just the most relatable thing I I don't know about everyone else but for me um, (laughs) I like listening to those episodes. Cause that's when I can like get inside your head and I'm like, yeah, that's, I yeah do that too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of thankful for Mel's in the sense that it is making me, um, it's not just Mel's I've been doing a lot of like reading Martin yeah. and I are in a book club to actually about this sort of thing, but I'm like decolonizing my mindset yeah. and, um, yeah. like if you don't work, that's okay. So it's mm-hmm. uh, like, everything it's not just mouths for me it was mouths and graduating and graduating into a pandemic and going from um how many years are you in school and college for 16 four, no. wait all all the years from kindergarten to college that's 12, well 13 14 15 16 years 16 years yeah that's the number for me 16 years of school, being like a straight A student, like yeah. feeling, like getting validation through getting A's, right? And yeah, getting grades, grades and getting and teachers telling mm-hmm. you, yes, you're doing a good job. And then not only graduating and not having any of that structure, but then graduating into a pandemic yeah. and not having a job because all the jobs I had lined up pulled out. No yeah. one wanted a nanny and not having my own space, like losing my house, um, that we were going to continue to rent and, um. Then, on top of that, now mouths and feeling like comparing myself to other people. I mean, like, I haven't been successful, I'm not working enough Oof, for yeah. this industry, especially because yeah, yeah. it's very, I think, um, it's not like other jobs where you go and you work your way up and yeah. then that's it. Like, it, it's so it's yeah, up it's, and down, yeah, very non Success is sort of weird, so yeah, and measured it's in different to ways, that and, and then yeah. dealing with the mouths on top of that. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot weird. of shifts. Yeah, and so it's made me realize like, um, no, it's okay if you're not doing any work. Just because you're not working doesn't mean you're not valuable or doesn't mean that you're not contributing yeah. to society. Your um,
1: like, work does not equal worth.
0: Yes. I think yes. is
1: a big thing that I'm constantly trying to remind myself and luckily have martin to remind me as well yeah sometimes you need to from an outside person sometimes you can do the practice and do the work yourself but yeah there's only so much you'll listen to from yeah. yourself
0: um but therapy has been helpful for me to deal with all of that because i'll just get so in my head about it and then i hadn't um Ben, I had never gone to therapy. I had always been like, well, I don't need it. Like, I, yeah. my friends need it, but um, actually, I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> Me,
1: <laughs> all of the time. <laughs> Me oh, being I mean, like, yes. everyone needs therapy, and then not know, going I mean, to therapy. I
0: Me mean, like, I'll go to therapy someday. Like, when I need it, but because I don't need it right now, like, I can't afford it anyway. Even though I could have afforded it if I just like did, did, did. Yeah, 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 didn't. I don't know. Spend money on like clothes or yeah, yeah, whatever. whatever. Um, I finally gave like. Did it um right before I got diagnosed with malice, right before wow. my stomach issues started happening because I had had a really hard time during the pandemic. So again, with that, the timing worked out perfectly. And uh, she was really good at uh, just helping me like all of that worth and comparing yourself to other people. For me, that's all anxiety and parts mm-hmm. of it are useful because it's what keeps me motivated. Yeah. um, Keeps me working hard when I... I have the capacity to do that. But then part of it is like, okay, thank you, body, but I don't need that anymore. Like, you got me this far. And that was, I'm very thankful for that. But um, that's enough. You you can settle now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. I know I looked at the time and I was like, maybe I I should wrap this up. It's (laughs) been like an hour, 20 minutes. I was like, maybe I should get this going, even though I love it and I love this conversation.
0: I know I could talk about all of it for hours
1: yeah. thank you for having me of it's course really is there anything you want to leave people with no um, pressure you don't i know there is so
0: much but uh, i think just trust your body yeah even if um, doctors in the whole world are telling you that it's in your head or you're not really sick yeah you probably are you you are trust your body and um just my heart goes out to everyone who doesn't have the same access to things. I do want to mention that really quickly. Um, with mouths, it's like a lot of white people being diagnosed with mouths and not a lot of black people or people of color, or indigenous yeah. people. When I think in reality, like they probably are experiencing this. And since it's not studied and the medical community is not looking out for it and they don't have the same access to healthcare, they're not getting diagnosed. And not, that's a real,
1: real problem. Yeah. Um, so just keep advocating for yourself if you can yeah and I mean that really opens up a lot of different cans of the fact that they make you go through so many tests and tests those tests are so expensive even with
0: I have insurance insurance. and it's still like me coming from the privileged background that I come from I'm really struggling financially right now even with the support of my parents like it's
1: it's insane it's wild and so that not having that access to healthcare, which i've also talked about on the podcast but just keeping that in mind also when you listen to us talking about these things and yeah discussing I,
0: it my experience really is very privileged and yeah. lucky and not normal but um i had a lot of people who trusted that or believed that I understood what was going on with my yeah. body, which was really awesome for me. Yeah. And keep advocating But
1: yourself. still an intense journey. But yeah. thank you for sharing, and I <laughs> hope that it helps people out there and people listening, yeah. maybe with Mal's Malls or without. I think yeah. it's still... With any invisible illness. All valid, yeah. So, yeah, thanks for coming on. Obviously, wish oh. you the best of luck on this <laughs> next leg of the you. journey. Maybe I'll have you after in, in three years, yeah, <laughs> fully, recovered. Yeah. fully recovered or on a, on a better road or. Oh
0: God. Okay. Wait, I guess that's one more thing I do want to say too. Um, sometimes surgery doesn't cure it and sometimes surgery causes other issues and yeah. you'll get another compression because there are multiple compression syndromes. So while it does sort of, you know, typically cure mouths, um, it's not necessarily like the end of the story and I yeah. think a lot of people going in to their mouths journey don't understand that and don't understand that it might be a long journey it might not just be mouths so I do want to be clear about that yeah
1: no that's yeah. understandable and thank you for being clear um that's yeah it. so <laughs> what I oh, said so that's okay now that's that's it, that's yeah. it. <laughs> no, no, I'm done. well obviously best of luck on your journey and what thank you're going you to go through and I'll be here if you need yeah, anything. I'll be yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, you. and maybe maybe we'll have you back on to talk more about it. And if I people love have that. if people have questions um, or any sort of comments or you want to reach me or Jeanette, obviously for me you can find me at brainfartpodcast.com or on the socials at brainfartpodcast or email at brainfartpodcast at gmail.com. I think that's all. Where can yes. people find you if you want um, to be found?
0: Yes, I oh, would love to be found if you have questions for me or critiques even. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my Instagram is just Jeanette Bednar or it might be Jeanette underscore Bednar. But my website is Jeanettebednar.com, J E A N E T T E B E D N A R.com. And uh, that links up to my Instagram. Okay.
1: And I, um, mm-hmm. When I release this, I'll probably do the same thing where I'll post a picture that you like of yourself Great. and then I'll, if you're okay with it, I'll tag it yeah. so people can also find you there if you're on Instagram. And yeah, I think that's where we'll leave it. I hope. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't find this very informative because it was and that's, those are the so facts. There. So, <laughs> and those are your opinions <laughs> for the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone have a great whatever time it is, wherever you are, and I will talk to you in two weeks. Okay. Yes. Do you want to... Should I do the... Yeah, do the first yes. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of wet.
0: <laughs> a wet fart. Okay. Yeah.